gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. What a victory for the San Francisco 49ers. And now we get to sit back, we get to enjoy, and we get to talk about what was just an absolutely tremendous game on Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers pull it out against a Detroit Lions team that really gave them everything they could handle. And the 49ers, when it mattered most, made the plays that they needed to make to win the football game. And this one is going to be remembered for a very long time. Because there was a lot of moments where it appeared the 49ers might be dead and out of it. But have no fear. Uh, This team does not give up. And Brock Purdy is here. And he is a player that's capable of helping the 49ers come back from deficits. And that has been something that has plagued Kyle Shanahan Throughout his career, there's been lots of conversations about Kyle Shanahan's offenses can't come back. They're front runners. You hear it every single week from Greg Olson, whoever's covering the telecast. 49ers good from playing in front. Their defense isn't built for coming back. This offense just can't do it that way. Well, guess what? Narratives are wrong. And the 49ers can win and they can come back. And a big reason why is Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy and their relationship that they have. And the way that he's able to handle big-time moments within this offense. When things aren't there, when the defense does a good job, he finds a way. Whether it's a crazy throw to Juwan Jennings on a one-handed catch, or it's him scrambling down the field to make a play, or it's a helmet uh, ball that bounces off Detroit's player and bounces to Brandon Ayuk, they just find a way to win. And yes, there's a lot of luck that goes into coming back from 17 points down, but sometimes you make your own luck. A turnover uh, by Deshaun Gibson, you know, a stop on fourth down, or in this case, two stops on fourth down. Yes, Dan Campbell probably should have kicked field goals, but he didn't. And you know what the 49ers did? They made the plays when they had to make it. So we can't just say, oh, if he'd kicked the field goals, they'd have won. Number one, we don't know if those kicks would have went through for sure. Number two, the 49ers are asked to score an extra touchdown. We don't know if they could have done it. Uh, They might have. And so... I think when we look at this game, we see the 49ers had went down, did everything they were supposed to do. Down 17 at halftime, have no fear. The 49ers team is here. And this is one of those things that's great because now they've proven to themselves they can win in any category. They can come back. Uh, they can win from ahead. They can you know play tight games and win. They've done it all now. They're gritty. They're grimy. They're battle-tested. And that's exactly what you want to do when you're going to be going to the Super Bowl. So, this is going to be an exciting episode. We're going to talk about the game for the Detroit Lions with some really cool stats. Uh, talk about some of the ins and outs of this football ge- game that allowed the 49ers to come back from a huge 17-point deficit. Uh, because I think it's a fun thing to just look back on how this team played and just kind of revel in it. Uh, as 49er fans, we get to be a part of one of the greatest comebacks in postseason history. I mean, it's yeah, it's not the Buffalo Bills, you know, back in the day, but uh, this is one of those really great ones. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on the push for 5K. Uh, under 75 now that I need. So everyone's been doing a great job subscribing. I really appreciate everyone's uh, subscription. And if you're going to uh, listen, listen on uh, Believe. 
Uh, 40 Yards Cut Back on Believe, available on all audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online. It's Super Bowl time, and uh, the trip to Vegas is around the corner. It's going to be 49ers versus Chiefs. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to Bet Online today and stay up to date on all the action. Bet Online. The game starts here. So let's get into this and talk about some of the significance of the 49er win. Now, we know that the win takes them to Las Vegas to play the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're going to have lots of conversations about the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers matchup uh, in the coming days. And be right here on 49ers Cutback for all the content. We're going to break it down. We're going to get in depth. It's going to be a fun week. But with this 49ers win, the San Francisco 49ers advanced to the Super Bowl for the eighth time in franchise history and their first time since 2019. Most of us remember that, but the fact that now it's eight times, it's starting to put the 49ers up there as some of the elite categories. We know they've gotten five wins. Need to make it six. It was hard. Won the first five, five in a row. Uh, lost the last two, so we need a winning streak. Of course, the 49ers lost you know, to the Ravens in 2012 and then in 2019 to the Chiefs. 49ers' eight trips to the Super Bowl is tied second most all-time in the NFL. New England has 11, Dallas has eight, Denver eight, and Pittsburgh eight. The 49ers join Dallas, Denver, and Pittsburgh tied for second behind the New England Patriots with most trips to the Super Bowl. The 49ers improved to eight and 11 in NFC Championship games, including a six and five mark at home. Uh, So they finally eclipsed that mark of getting home, and it shows how important home field advantage is. They've won eight NFC Championship games, six of those at home, which means they don't do very good on the road when it comes to the NFC Championship games. So the 49ers, getting home field advantage is important when you get to these games. The fact the 49ers have played in 19 NFC Championship games and have eight Super Bowl appearances show that it's tough to get over the hump in the NFC Championship game, but the 49ers did it here. The 49ers improved to a 40-28-1 overall a record against the Detroit Lions, including 2-1 and one in the postseason. And, of course, 49ers' lone loss in the postseason to the Detroit Lions comes in 1957. The interesting thing about that, 1957, the San Francisco 49ers were leading the Detroit Lions 24-7 to at halftime. Premature celebration. Detroit comes out, wins that football game, goes on to the, to the championship of the NFL, and they win the NFL championship. So it's a complete reversal. 49ers this year down 24-7. They would go down and score. Now they can they finish it off and beat the Chiefs and win a Super Bowl? It could be interesting, weird symmetry there. Uh, just something I thought was interesting. The 49ers have now won 38 playoff games, the most in NFL history. That was brought up in last night's live stream. Uh, yeah, 49ers are now the number one winning winningest playoff team in history. Great stat there. Head coach Kyle Shanahan now is 8-3 and three as a head coach of the 49ers in the postseason. And, of course, 1-0 and against Detroit. So Kyle Shanahan is winning in the playoffs. We know he's undefeated in the divisional round. And now he's 2-2 two and two in the NFC Championship game. And those are the big ones. Those are the ones you want to get done. But the fact that since he's been here, and really since the 49ers started their playoff runs in 2019, uh, they've went to four NFC Championship games and won two of those. Uh, so he... Kyle Shanahan is proving that he can win the big games, and a lot of people get are get very critical of him as far as his, how he plays or how he coaches in big games. But 
49ers win big games, their second trip to the Super Bowl in the last several years. So Kyle Shanahan doing a really good job. Let's talk about the comeback. The 49ers overcame a 17-point deficit, uh, which is the largest comeback in the NFC Championship game since the 49ers came back from 17 when they played the Atlanta Falcons in 2012. Of course, that was the team led by Colin Kaepernick. I remember that game. I've went back and watched it several times. Uh, that game got off to a terrible start for the 49ers. Matt Ryan was executing at a high level, absolutely making big plays uh, to Roddy White and, and Julio Jones. They had their run game going. It did not look good for the 49ers. Then the 49ers flipped the switch, and here they came. By the end of the game, we had Frank Gore running in the end zone, faking out the dirty bird. Uh, what a game that was. That happened on January 20th of 2013. The 49ers also became the first team in NFL history to be down 17 or more points at halftime of a championship game and come back to win the game. Uh, so that's a crazy stat for uh, the 49ers. They came back in the, cha- the NFC championship game in the biggest deficit ever. So Keyshawn Johnson, four points, according to him, is not a comeback. How 17? Right, And not only did they come back from 17, but they came back from 17 in a blink of an eye. It literally went from, here's the third quarter, eight minutes later, tie game. It's insane. By the time you looked up in the fourth quarter, the Warriors had the ball, the tie game, and they were looking to take the lead. It, it was such a quick turnaround. It happened so fast. Field goal, right? Stop on fourth down, touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. Fumble. Gets it, uh, touchdown. And, and that's just how quick it happened that they they tied up the game. It was absolutely spectacular. And let's talk about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, uh, he completed 20 of his 31 pass attempts for 267 yards and a touchdown with a passer rating of 89 to go along with five carries for a playoff career high of 48 yards. His passing TD marked the fifth of his playoff career. So Brock Purdy already getting it done through the air, making plays in the playoffs. Uh, with the win, Purdy registered two playoff wins as a rookie, became the fourth quarterback in NFL history to win at least four playoff games in his first two seasons. That ranks second. It's tied for second all-time behind Ben Roethlisberger, who won five. So if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, then Brock Purdy uh, will be right there with Ben Roethlisberger as one of the you know best ones to ever get started in his second year, be able to win a Super Bowl. It's it's pretty exciting to think that Brock Purdy's having this much success as such a young player. I think when we see him out there, a lot of times he plays with such poise and such veteran ability. You forget how young he actually is, but he's uh, you know the youngest quarterback since Joe Montana to start a Super Bowl for the 49ers. He's the third youngest quarterback in NFL history to start a Super Bowl. Something to say about it. 24 years old, Brock Purdy doing big things. Christian McCaffrey, he had 20 carries uh, for 90 yards and two touchdowns on the ground to go along with four receptions for 42 yards through the air. Uh, it, it's McCaffrey doing McCaffrey things. And, you know, it was funny because during the broadcast, they kept bringing up consistently that Christian McCaffrey was getting outgained by three of the players from Detroit. And they kept bringing it up the whole time because Jamison Williams had that big run. So they just kept, you know, hey, that was a 40-something yard run. McCaffrey only had 38. By the end of the game, you look up, McCaffrey's got 90 yards rushing. Just uh, when it starts going, it's like 
It's like they say, you know, it, it's going to detonate. And here comes Christian McCaffrey. Boom, he detonates. And uh, that's exactly what he did in this game. The game marked the sixth playoff game of McCaffrey's career with 132 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Uh, McCaffrey became the third player in NFL history to register 50 or more yards from scrimmage and one or more TDs in each of their first six playoff games. The players with 50 or more yards from scrimmage and one or more TDs in each of their first six playoff games in NFL history is a who's who. Uh, Marcus Allen did it seven times. Uh, uh, Terrell Davis did it seven, and Christian McCaffrey has done it six. So if McCaffrey does it in the Super Bowl, uh, then he will tie both of uh, you know both Marcus Allen and Terrell Davis as the only players to ever do that seven straight games. A uh, rare error for Christian McCaffrey as far as what he's doing. McCaffrey has scored one or more TDs in each of five playoff games as a member of the 49ers, which is the most consecutive playoff games with one or more TDs by any player in franchise history. The most consecutive playoff games with one or more TDs in franchise history, number one already. And with the 49ers for two postseasons, number one, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the other players, there's a bunch of players tied at two. Frank Gore, that's four games that Frank Gore did it. John Taylor, four four games. Jerry Rice, of course, four games. And Freddie Solomon, uh, four games. So uh, a lot of people probably don't remember that Freddie Solomon was very significant to the 49ers' early success. Uh, with you know, He was the speed threat to go with Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. Freddie Solomon, a really good player. I'm glad that him and John Taylor are on that list, but... McCaffrey, already number one through five games, uh, pretty intense. With two rushing touchdowns last week versus Green Bay and two rushing touchdowns against the Detroit Lions, McCaffrey became the first running back in franchise history to register two or more touch, rushing touchdowns in consecutive playing playoff games. This franchise is so rich in history with some really, really good running backs that have done big things for them in the playoffs, whether that was uh, Roger Craig, whether that was Wendell Tyler, that was Ricky Waters, uh, Frank Gore, right? Lots of players and running backs, and Christian McCaffrey is setting franchise records. It just shows how dynamic he really is. ESPN. Still think that was a bad trade? Huh? Do you still think that was a bad trade? Uh, it was not. It was absolutely fantastic. Christian McCaffrey is just fantastic in the way that he's going. And of course, this is another stat that just can't be ignored. The 49ers are now 12-1 and when Christian McCaffrey rushes for over 75 yards. So when Christian McCaffrey gets to that 75-yard mark, they usually don't lose. One time he got to that mark and they lost. He rushed for 90 yards in this game and they won. Another interesting fact, Detroit had not given up a 70-yard rusher the entire season. They did in this one, and it ends up being a huge Huge detriment to their team. So uh, you're seeing that these guys are just making big plays. Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy are trendsetters. They're breaking records. McCaffrey has been so big for this 49ers team. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan last year in October trade brings Christian McCaffrey in, and it could spell different fortunes for them now. When they played the Chiefs before, no McCaffrey, uh, no Brock Purdy. It's a little bit different. No Brandon Ayuk. So some things have changed. The 49ers are getting some things done. Uh, speaking of Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk registered three receptions in the game for 68 yards and a TD. Uh, that That's his first uh, playoff career touchdown. So Brandon Ayuk getting in the end zone 
That is awesome to see. So congratulations to Brendan Ayuk for getting that big play. And he almost has the one off the deflection in the end zone. The hand goes up, touches his leg, prevents him from getting the big uh, explosive touchdown. But he comes back later on. He works the route. A great outside move. Works his way back in. Catches the football in the in the hole and makes a touchdown. Good to see Brendan Ayuk get on that board. And then Debo Samuel, uh, he registered a, a playoff career high. Eight receptions for 89 yards. And he led the team in receiving yards. So Debo comes back from the shoulder. And he was very effective. He was getting the football. He made some really tough catches. Strong hand catches. Uh, Brock Purdy was standing in the pocket and getting absolutely drilled at times, especially the first half. And the 49ers receivers were rewarding him for standing in there and making those tough throws by making tough catches. I thought it was just a fantastic performance by Debo Samuel, and I think he had a real effect on how they were going about this game. He broke tackles. He made the first guy miss, got extra yards. He ran over Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and he brought a lot of excitement and a lot of rhythm to this offense. In the first half, one play I remember on that opening drive was a crosser. Brock Purdy hit him in stride, and he took off and got some extra yardage. And that was like, wow, that's vintage Debo Samuel. That's what we like to see. And after that, he got up. He was getting the whole team going, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you could just see the sense of urgency in Debo, and that really triggered that 49ers offense. Like, all right, here we go. Let's roll. We can make things happen against the Detroit Lions. So Debo still doing big things. It's cool to see him get a career high in receptions with eight as he becomes that guy. They're doing things over on defense too. Even though it wasn't the best performance for the defense in the first half, they stepped up in a big way. And part of the reason they did is because of Fred Warner. Fred Warner registered a team high and career playoff high, 13 tackles in that game versus Detroit, the NFC Championship game. He now has 84 tackles in his playoff career. Warner's 84 tackles in the playoffs are the most in franchise history. So once again, a 49ers history, very rich in tradition, very rich with very good players. And Fred Warner breaks a record. So a lot of records were being broke in this game by 49ers players. Uh, franchise records, that would be. So most tackles in playoff franchise history. Fred Warner, number one with 84. Navarro Bowman, number two with 78. He's one of the greats. Uh, number three, Ken Norton. Uh, right, that was the big get back. They had gotten Charles Haley, got some Super Bowl. So 94, we got Ken Norton. Uh, and Ken Norton was a, a mainstay in San Francisco for a while. But what he did was he really flipped it back to the 49ers. Norton with 73 tackles. That's third all-time in franchise history. Patrick Willis with 71. And then, lo and behold, fifth on the list, Dre Greenlaw. So Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw book in the top five of 49ers as far as tackles in the in the playoffs in franchise history. Uh, Dre Greenlaw with a good Super Bowl could go, I mean, if he has nine, he could tie Navarro Bowman. If he has a 10-tackle game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he could move all the way up into second. So Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, by the end of this playoffs, could be 1-2 in tackles in franchise history. Pretty phenomenal to think uh, that you have a 2018 and a 2019 homegrown draft picks that are making big-time plays for the 49ers are two of the best linebackers we've had in franchise history. Congratulations to Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw for setting some franchise records. Uh, Nick Bosa, he registered three tackles and two sacks on Jared Goff, giving him 10 sacks in his playoff career, which is the most sacks by a member of the 49ers in the playoffs in franchise history. 
This one kind of surprised me. I, I know Nick Bosa's had a lot of success in the playoffs for the 49ers, and they've played a lot of playoff games. Uh, of course, they played two in 2019. In 2021, they played three. Uh, 2022, they played three. Uh, so, yeah, he's played a lot of games, and he's gotten a lot of success with sacks. But I just thought with all the pass rushes the 49ers have had, you know, from Charles Haley to Keena Turner to Dwayne Board uh, to others, that we would have somebody else that was number one. But, no, Nick Bosa is the num- is number one all time in sacks. Number two is Charles Haley. He has seven and a half. Number three, Eric Armstead with seven. Uh, so the blueprint has done very well. And he is number three all-time, just behind Charles Haley. He's a sack away from being number two all-time in franchise history. And then tied at four, Dwayne Board, who I mentioned earlier, six and a half. How about this? Ahmad Brooks, six and a half. Uh, he has had, he had a lot of success in the playoffs. Interesting to think that it wasn't somebody else, right? We always talk about Alden Smith, Justin Smith. From those teams, it was Ahmad Brooks that has six and a half sacks in the playoffs. And then Tim Harris, right? Get the guns going. Uh, Tim Harris, six and a half sacks. And uh, he's number four on the list. Bosa's two sacks of Goff marked the third time in his career that he's recorded two or more sacks in a playoff game. He had two sacks versus Minnesota in the in the 2019 season and two sacks against Green Bay in that snow season, our snow game against Aaron Rodgers. So uh, he's had those two. That's you know a good portion of his sacks. But right when you need them, those are the big-time Bosa making plays. And it was really good to see Nick Bosa making big-time plays for his football team in that matchup because uh, the 49ers needed him. And when they needed him, he made things happen. And he he made some really good plays in that game. So bravo to Nick Bosa for doing a good job. So let's just look at this game a little bit deeper, uh, go over a little bit of the numbers. I mean, when you start looking at these stats for the, for the quarterbacks, I thought Jared Goff played pretty well. 49ers had some success in the second half, getting him off his spot and moving him. And then he was a little less accurate. And when he was just a little less accurate, his receivers struggled to get the ball. Not so much Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown or Sam Laporta. But when you started putting the onus on Josh Reynolds, that's when you had a little bit of struggle. So he uh, ends up making some mistakes. 49ers got to him twice in this football game for a loss of 13 yards. And his quarterback, uh, or his quarterback rating was 88 So a good game for him. Brock into the game 20 of 31 for 267 yards and a touchdown. The one INT on the deflection that was intercepted by Rodriguez. He finished with an 88.1 QBR and a 89 rating. If you look at the QBR for Goff, it was 59. So that's a, a big difference between the two. But I thought both of them played good enough to win the game. In the first half, the Detroit Lions absolutely ran over the San Francisco 49ers defense. And some of these numbers are, you know, pretty gaudy because Jamison Williams had 42 yards on the ground. Big explosive. That was some missed tackles. But David Montgomery had a lot of success. All the talk about Jameer Gibbs during the week, me included. Um, you know, I thought that he was the better of the two running backs in this game. He averaged nine or 6.2 yards per carry. And he had a 93 yards in the game on just 15 carries. Really, really good. Jameer Gibbs had 12 carries for 45 yards, but a huge fumble. That fumble right there was a big reason why the 49ers got back in the game as quick as they did. You look over at the other side, and it was Christian McCaffrey, 20 carries for 90 yards, four and a half average. That's solid. Uh, That's what you're looking to do against the Detroit Lions, who had a very good rush defense. The 49ers, a team that 
uh, you know, normally runs the ball well. They were able to in this game. And part of the reason was, and McCaffrey had two touchdowns, by the way, part of the reasons that it was is, though, Brock Purdy added to this with his legs, being able to scramble. He had five carries for 48 yards, 9.6 average, and a 21-yard long. That's a big reason why the 49ers won, was Brock Purdy being able to use his legs to extend plays and make some key throws, but also to scramble and get yardage. And he did it at the biggest moments when he had to. He made people miss. He got outside the pocket. He threw absolute dimes. And then when he got down the field and he had to scramble, he got the extra yards that he needed to get. So uh, Brock Purdy was a big part of it. They did sprinkle in a little bit for Debo Samuel. He had three carries for seven yards. Uh, one of them, a really great jet sweep. He gets the ball. Let's, he hits the brakes, right? Let's the guy run right by and gets upfield. That was nice. And we saw Kyle Juszczyk get a carry. So uh, good there. And then Elijah Mitchell has to come in for McCaffrey after McCaffrey's 25-yard explosive run down the sideline. And he comes in, and what's he do? He scores a touchdown. Runs it straight in. No fear. Nobody worries about Elijah Mitchell. He's going to get in there. He's going to make something happen. And then, of course, he got some tough yardage to help the 49ers use the rest of the clock. We talked about Debo, you know, having the uh, eight catches for 89 yards. Ayuk had three catches for 68 course, the big explosive 51-yard play down the field, and uh, that was just a spectacular catch. Did have the one touchdown on the slant, three catches, 68 yards. Uh, that's huge. McCaffrey getting it done, throwing Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, getting up the sidelines for a big play of 28 yards. He had four catches for 42, uh, and and then Kyle Juszczyk again, getting involved in the offense, two catches. He had the one, Rock scrambling left, settles back to the right, throws it Across the middle of the field, the Juszczyk makes a great catch. And then the absolute toe tap on the sidelines. Tell me another fullback that could do it. Just tell me. I don't even know if there's that many tight ends that could do that. Kyle Juszczyk is special. And the mo- the biggest moments when he's expected to step up, even when he hasn't had opportunities, he steps up. Uh, that was so big. I love it. He, you know, Hey, give me the juice. Absolutely fantastic. Kittle chipped in. A two for 27, and Jawan Jennings only had one catch in the game. The one-handed spectacular catch and holding on that football was so pivotal in that game. 49ers did a great job. Absolutely fantastic. You look at the other side, and Sam Laporta had a good game. Nine catches, 97 yards, no touchdowns. We talked about that during the week, right? That's the kind of stats you want him to have. Amon Ross St. Brown, seven catches, 87 yards, no touchdowns. And so it felt like he didn't really have an effect on this game. Jamison Williams did have the one garbage touchdown at the end of the game. 49ers were letting them move the ball down the field, just trying to let them use clock. They got a timeout out of them. Uh, they did what they wanted to do and needed to do, but he does get the touchdown on Diameter Lenore. But overall, I thought they were held in check. Uh, besides Josh Reynolds having one big catch, he was really uh, not very good in this game. Jameer Gibbs wasn't effective at all. Three catches for 11 yards. The 49ers linebackers shut down Jameer Gibbs in the passing game, and they limited him pretty well in the run game as well. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be a star in this league, but uh, the 49ers might be a tough matchup for him because they're just so good. Of course, Gibbs, the one critical fumble. I mean, just absolutely critical. I was losing my mind when that happened because I knew what that meant. And what's interesting, Eric Armstead recovers it. So Tashawn Gibson did a great job. Filling in his gap, uh, four yards, full attention to stopping the run there. And Gibson gets his hand on the hand and rips the ball out. And then here comes Eric Armstead, 
uh, jumping on it tighter than the lid on a pickle jar and making sure Noah gets it. His first fumble recovery in play in his playoff uh, career. So huge play for Eric Armstead. It was absolutely fantastic. Look at the tackles. We talked about Fred leading the team. He had 13 tackles. Nine of them were solo. Jair Brown starting his first playoff game uh, of his young career, and he has 10 tackles in that game, five of them solo. I did think he did a great job tackling. Can't wait to go through the All-22 film, which I'm going to get into later on, uh, and break down what he did as far as you know playing in run fits and then playing in coverage. I did see a couple of breakdowns here and there in coverage, but overall I thought it was a pretty good performance for Jair Brown and the fact he had 10 tackles. Very Talanoa Hufongish. Uh, so I like that. Greenlaw added seven tackles. Gibson, the Wiley vet, you know, he added six. Of course, he had a pass defense as well. Ambry Thomas had six tackles, five of them solo. I, I didn't realize that. It's pretty crazy. But then you had some guys who made some plays like Bosa with the sacks, but then tackles for loss. Uh, Chase Young and Javon Kinlaw both had tackles for loss from the defensive side of the football. So those are some pretty cool stats that we were looking to see. Let's talk about special teams real quick. Uh, you got Jake Moody going two of three. He had he made the 43-yarder. Uh, he was 4-4 four four on extra points, but he missed the early one in the first quarter, and that has been a, a problem for him at Levi's. So if it's on the right hash and he's angling that direction, the, that direction he missed it, he's missing to the right side. Uh, he fixed it later on in the game, but that has been a problem. Now, I do like the fact that he was absolutely rock solid the rest of the time. And that Kyle felt comfortable with them because, you know, right away they were like, hey, there's something wrong with Jake Moody. But I thought after that he was cool, calm, collected, and smashed him right down the middle. And also he kicked every single kickoff out of the end zone, no returns, which is huge for the special teams. And I thought it gave the 49ers special teams like a little bit of an advantage where it felt like they didn't play bad. They played really good in this game. And then Mitch Wisnowski only punted the ball one time. You can't punt if you're trying to come back. But that one punt was a great punt, 56 yards for Mitch Wisnowski. He's been phenomenal all season. So let's look at the uh, third down efficiency is something I'm always interested in. Uh, well, how about this? Both teams go 6 of 12, 50% on third down. Now, that's a little concerning for 49ers because Detroit hadn't been good on third down. They were 41% conversion rate as an offense on third down. Uh, so the 49ers defense got to step it up and get more third down stops. Can't allow third and you know third and fifteens, third and eighteens to be converted. You just got to play better defense than that. But the good news is the 49ers continued their elite streak on offense of converting on third down. Last week against the Packers, sixty-two point five percent. This week, fifty percent. They have been at forty-eight point you know seven percent through going through the playoffs here. So they're doing a really good job. Their playoff conversion percentage is even better. Uh, so this is exactly what you want to see from this offense. You look at fourth down efficiency. Of course, they the Detroit Lions went for it three times. They got it once. They missed it the other time, and that ended up be or the other two times ended up being pivotal. They have the 49ers being 0 for one, but it's because uh, they kneeled on fourth down. So that one wiped that one away. That one shouldn't even count. But that's one of the big differences was fourth down. And yes, I mean the thing was the 49ers defense had to stiffen up. It was not like it was fourth and ten. These were fourth and two and a half, fourth and three, and the 49ers got it done with effective defense. Detroit ran six extra plays in the 49ers. They ran 72. 49ers run 66. It might surprise you, but this really was a tale of two halves. Detroit dominated the first half in every facet of the game. In the second half, the 49ers dominated. 
in every facet of the game. And it's interesting to look at the total numbers. Uh, total yards, uh, Lions 442 to 413. So they did outgain the 49ers. But the 49ers had one of their touchdown drives. It was a short field because of a turnover. Uh, so that probably paid a little bit into it. Total drives, Detroit 10, 49ers 11. One extra drive. That was the drive to finish off the game. Yards per play, give it to Detroit, 6.1, 49ers 6.3. So both of them over six. Uh, passing yards, Detroit 260, 49ers 258. I mean, it's it's eerily similar. The difference, the 49ers averaged an extra 1.8 yards uh, per reception. They had five less completions during the game, but had more yards. Uh, you got to give it to Jared Goff. He had no turnovers in the game. He's done a good job protecting the football. Both quarterbacks were sacked twice. Uh, rushing, you look at the total rushing yards, and you you know Detroit had it going their way. They had 182 yards on the ground. 49ers defense is going to have to be better on the ground, especially going into the Super Bowl. But the 49ers uh, rushing attack led by Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, 155 yards on the ground with 33 rushing attempts. Uh, Detroit had 6.3 yards of carry. That's got to be a big conversation point this week. 49ers got to be better at stopping the run game um, of Detroit. It's just got to happen. Red zone uh, made attempts. Uh, The Detroit Lions were three of four in the red zone. Very good average. 49ers were four of five. That has been one of the problems with Detroit. Once the team gets in the red zone, they usually get a touchdown. 49ers did it at a high level. Penalties pretty even. Two uh, for the Detroit Lions for 15 yards and for the 49ers, three for 20. So both teams did a good job there. Both teams had one turnover apiece. For the 49ers, there's one interception. For the Lions, it was one fumble. How about this? The 49ers won the, the time of possession 32 minutes to 27. So nearly four minutes difference between the two when you put in the seconds. Uh, it was a good performance by the 49ers, and they got a big win. So lots of firsts, lots of things the 49ers did. A big win over Detroit. Uh, it just it was so exciting. It was so exciting to see 49ers getting it done on the ground uh, at the end of the game, but Brock Purdy really taking over and making some plays. And just like Fred Warner said, there's going to be plays in this game that can go one way or the other. The team that makes those plays is going to win. And that's what happened. It was evenly matched. A lot of once you go through the whole thing between first half and second half, and once you get to the end, somebody's got to make plays. And the 49ers made more plays than the Detroit Lions, and they got the big victory. Absolutely exciting. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode of 49ers Cutback brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on the push for 5K, and there's going to be lots of content. So come back to the channel, and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers.